Now I know it's Freestyle Friday. It is Financial Freedom Friday. And for many people, that is a payday. And this payday can bring you power. This payday could take away your power. So what I want us to do is I want us to discuss something very important. Uh, but before we get into the discussion, I want us to remember, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to where it all started. Let's go back to what Big Mom and them taught us. We got to spend less money. We got to keep more money. We got to get more money. And then we have to get our money back. And so in light of uh, the award show season, I get the opportunity to not just travel around the world, but also to work with some of the world's greatest entertainers. I get an opportunity to go to many of the award shows. And um, I see a lot of things happening in our community. I see a lot of people talking about homelessness. I see a lot of us talking about uh, lack of uh, equity in the workplace. I see us talking about unemployment. And I also see us talking about disparity in wages uh, based on gender, based on race. But let me tell you something. When I get to these award shows, I see a lot of money on people's backs. I see a lot of money on people's feet. I see a lot of money on people's hands. I see a lot of money being spent on our outward appearance. And I'm just trying to figure out how do we get to a place where we do not fall into the pit. You know, I say rich people stay rich because they act poor and poor people stay poor because they act rich and poor people stay poor acting rich in front of other poor people. <laughs> how about that? Have you ever been in that situation? I know I was when I was living check to Monday. Let me tell you something. I would loan money to people when I was broke, even though I didn't have the money because I didn't want them to think I was broke. And I was. You see, I was too ashamed to say I can't afford it. I was too ashamed to tell the truth. And the truth is it wasn't in my budget. It did not fit. And so I went through that cycle. I know so many people are going through that cycle. I know so many people are trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B in the same way I do money makeovers for people on television and you see it in the media. I do it for people one on one. And the thing that I am finding consistently across the board is our inability for whatever reason to stop spending money we don't have. So I talked about rich people staying rich because they act poor, but the word that I want to share today, and there's a message in the Bible, it says one man pretends to be rich and has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and has great wealth. So today's million dollar topic is how to end your spending addiction. You see, a spending addiction is what you have when you go to the department store for toothpaste and you walk out with $179.47 worth of stuff you don't need. Has it ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me too. <laughs> you know, so I talk about living by the 10, 10, 30, 50. I'm going to review it very quickly. The first 10% you tithe, I believe it. You just tithe. I'm not talking about who the pastor is, what the church is doing. I just believe that good givers are great getters. So the first 10% you tithe. The next 10% of every dollar you get, you save. And I highly recommend that you save it. I want you to call my partners, um, uh, Tania Simmons over at State Farm. She's on Lens List. So if you go to lynnmillionaire.com and you click on Lens List, you're going to find Miss Tania Simmons. And I want you to get everything that you need from there. So the first 10% you tithe, the next 10% you save, you put that money in a bank account on the other side of town that's not connected to your checking account because you don't want to have this swapping ability. 
it. You don't want to put the money in the savings account. And then when the going gets tough five minutes later, you're pulling the money out. Here's the other thing. If you pull too much money out of your savings account too frequently, they will close your savings account. They'll shut it down because it won't be a savings account. It won't meet the terms. So the first 10% you tithe, the next 10% you save. What I've been teaching for over 10 years, for, for a long time, is the next 30% is cash in your pocket. Now, let me tell you why it has to be cash in your pocket. Again, this is to avoid that spin, spending addiction because this is what I want you to understand. The entire world is, is dependent upon you not thinking when you spend. Let me repeat, the entire world is depending on this premise that you will not think when you spend that you will simply swipe to satisfy your emotional needs, to satisfy your image needs, to satisfy your mental needs, whatever they are. The entire world is depending on you to not think. So when you have cash in your pocket, now this cash is for incidentals. This cash is for things like groceries, gas, hair, nails, uh, electronics, you need a new phone, whatever the case may be. That's, this cash is for those things. If you go to the grocery store and all you have is $100, this happened to me, I had $100, I went to the grocery store, I knew what I needed to spend. By the time I got to the cash register, you know I forgot <laughs> about my budget. I had over $200 worth of stuff or somewhere around there. If I had a credit card, a debit card, or a check, I would have started writing or would have started swiping. Either way, because one of two things would have happened. I would have had pride or shame. And what I need you to know about pride and shame is it's all the same. You see, pride says, you know what? I'm really down here, but I'm going to make everybody think I'm up here. You're down here, but you're going to make them think that you're up there. Okay, so the posture is low, but you want them to think that you're high. And then shame says, I'm only down here. You know, shame is where you condemn yourself and say, I'm only down here and I should be up there. You see, the position is still the same down here and the incorrect perception is up there. So I would have either had too much pride, meaning I would not have wanted people to think that I couldn't pay for it or whatever the case may be, or I would have had too much shame. I would have been embarrassed. OK, so because I only had one hundred dollars cash. I had to do what you do when you only have $100 cash, when you have no options. I was bootleg. I had to figure out what I was going to put back. I was looking at the prices of things. Of course, the people in line behind me started getting irritated, and eventually I started getting irritated back. You know how we do. But it taught me a valuable lesson that unless I forced myself to be in a position to spend only what I had, chances are I probably would not have broken that. And so now I can go into the store and go in there for one thing and come out with one thing only. I can go into a mall and shop for uh, the red carpet or shop for a TV appearance. And not only will I get the only thing that I need, but I will make sure that it's the least expensive option possible. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about creating millionaires one family at a time. Today's million dollar topic of the day is how to end your spending addiction. If you want to get to the next level financially, got to get that spending under control because guess what? If you make $50,000 a year, but you spend 60,000, you live in check to Monday. If you make $250,000 a year, but you spend 350,000, you live in check to Monday. If you make $10 million a year, but you spend 20 million, 
it's going to be extremely problematic because the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So the more responsibility you have that you cannot meet, the more pressure you're going to feel. So don't think that the answer to your money problem is to get more money, simply. That's not the only thing because if more money would solve a money problem, you'd never have a bankrupt millionaire. You'd never have a bankrupt billionaire. So it's a mindset change. Now I wanna talk to you a little bit about the mindset that we want to change. You know, I am aware that there is an unfortunate situation happening throughout our communities. And I'll I'll talk to you about one of them in particular. I know that there are uh, children uh, in high school, young adults uh, who are in high school who are homeless, uh, or at least classifying themselves as homeless for one reason or another. Uh, Maybe there's a domestic issue uh, at home. Maybe the parents simply are not available. But these children are being classified as homeless, and it's a system. And being classified as homeless means that they get access to free lunch, free transportation, free bus car, uh, no expenses. If there are specific things uh, that require a fee at the school, then they don't have to, either A, they don't have to participate, or B, they get to participate Um, complimentary. Now, here's the problem. First of all, I want to, you know, give my utter um, just respect. I think homelessness is something that should not happen. Um, I know what I'm going to do as I grow and as I get more empowered. I understand that my capacity is to help other people who uh, are not as fortunate as I. The only reason in this world why you get an opportunity to live better, be better, do better, and get more is to help yourself and help build the kingdom, help other people. So I believe that. But I also know that there are instances, and, and it's more uh, instances that I, that I'm, I care to even acknowledge where these same people who are claiming that they are homeless are also showing up at proms with you know $700, $900 uh, shoes, red bottoms. Let me tell you something. There's nothing about a red bottom that I ever want (laughs) that's going to cause me to pay $900 for it. I'm just not going to do it. They're showing up at prom with with dresses and $500 weaves and nails done and, you know, all of these things. And we have got to get a handle. We've got to get a handle on where we're spending our money and why we are placing value in things that don't bring us any value. Why are we doing that? I believe we come from a history of not having. And when we get the opportunity to have, we have to show the world we got it. Maybe you were brought up in a situation where you were entitled. Maybe your parents gave you too much. And and so as you got older, you had a certain expectation. I've certainly been guilty of that. I was guilty of of bringing my children up in an entitled environment, paying for things, uh, going uh, on trips and being excessive and not having a budget. And so when everything fell apart, I had to pull back. I had to pull them out of uh, cheerleading that I was paying for going all across the country. They went and cheered at school for free. I had to pull them out of dance. They went and got in the dance ministry at church for free. I had to pull them out of private school. They went to the free school where I was already paying taxes. Now, of course, I had to do some talking and coaching and emotionally um, it, it was an issue. But the truth is my children became settled and grounded as I became settled and grounded. So as long as I was thinking I had to do these things, of course, they thought they deserved it. They thought that that that's what life was. See, I was in a position to teach my children what life was and is. And so are you. So we've got to stop 
thinking that we have to impress other people with things. I remember a conversation I had with uh, Susan Taylor, uh, you know, the infamous uh, editor in, editor-in-chief of Essence magazine. I, I call her the editor-in-chief forever. She is the editor-in-chief emeritus as far as I'm concerned. And I remember at a book signing she had probably over a decade ago, and she said something so powerful because the question had come up from the audience. You know, how do you say no? How do you tell your family members no? How do you tell your friends no? How do you say no? And she said, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> Changed my life. No is a complete sentence. When you say no, you don't have to validate it. When you say no, you don't have to justify it. The only person you may have to justify it to is yourself. And if you are feeling guilty, understand that your yes cannot be a cover up for your guilt. So you've got to go on and say no and then face what you're feeling. What do you feel guilty about? Do you feel guilty about promising something to someone that you knew you couldn't deliver when you promised it? Well, now is a time to tell yourself the truth first and then tell them and to say, listen, when I made that commitment to you, I thought I was going to have the money. When I made that commitment to you, I was expecting a big check. When I made that commitment to you, I really wasn't thinking at all. I just wanted to please you and make you happy. But the truth is, now that it's time for me to meet that commitment, I can't do it. I don't have it. My bills are due. My rent needs to be paid. My mortgage is late. I don't even have enough money to pay my past due bills. See, we've got to start having honest conversations. One of the things that I talk about when I talk about um, how to end your battle with money for good, and I talk about the armor, and I talk about the armor from the perspective that is presented in Ephesians 6. I'm not going to go into it deeply here, but the first piece of the armor is truth. If you want to get your life in order, it says put on the belt of truth. Let me tell you something about a belt. A belt holds up everything, and the truth, not only will it set you free, it will make you free. You see, the truth may be difficult to face at first. But once you get past the difficulty, there's freedom. There's relief. I tell people all the time, if they're trying to repossess your car, let them take it. Stop trying to hide a car. Uh-uh, you can't afford it. If you could afford it, you would have paid the bill. If you could afford it or if you had priorities, you would have paid the bill. Whatever the case is, let's stop holding on to stuff that doesn't belong to us. And if we don't have the money to pay for it, if we have made mistakes, if we have not been in order, whatever it is, now is the time to let go. We're talking about ending your spending addiction. And that's when we spend more money than we have on stuff that we don't need to cure what I call a material illness. As a matter of fact, what my mentor Russell Simmons called, he calls it material illness. I'm going to talk about that after the break. Let's talk about real estate, real estate. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You've seen me on Good Morning America, The Breakfast Club, and KBLA Talk. I'm so excited about sharing with you the Home Buyers Club. It's time for you to get the home of your dreams. No credit, no problem. Low credit, no problem. No down payment, no problem. I am excited about you getting a piece of the American dream. Join the Home Buyers Club today. Give yourself the gift of wealth with no limits. Lynn Richardson and New Wealth University is giving 50% off on the Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program. The Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program will give you two full years of unlimited access to all of Lynn's online classes, 
books, boot camps, master classes, and webinars. So give yourself the gift of wealth with no limits with 50% off on the Platinum Wealth Ambassador Program, available on lynnrichardson.com. We must end our spending addiction. When I was on the uh, Super Rich Tour with Russell Simmons, one of the issues or one of the um, concepts in the book is uh, this idea of needing nothing. You see, when you operate from a state of needing nothing, then you already have everything. When you don't need anything, there's no anxiety. When you don't need anything, there's no fear. When you don't need anything, you get to operate in your full power. Let me what? Let me explain what I mean to you by now by not needing anything. It certainly doesn't mean you don't need food, water and shelter. Absolutely it means you need that. You must eat. You must you must have a safe place to sleep. You need safety and security. You need a roof over your head. You need heat in the winter time. But what I'm saying is this. When you have what you need, not putting any anxiety on the things that you don't have gives you the power to go out and get it. So let me give you an example. <clears throat> when I filed bankruptcy in 2008, uh, I decided that I didn't want any debt at all. Now, I was in love with my Lexus. I love that Lexus. It, it's my favorite car. I'm probably giving um, a free uh, <laughs> advertisement right now, but you know what? It is what it is. It was uh, pearl white. I bought it. Um, for a significant discount. It had one previous driver, uh, one previous owner who only drove it. I think she only drove it to the grocery store and church because it didn't. It had barely any miles on it. So I got it at a significant discount and uh, it was my car. It's what I wanted. It's what I loved. But when I made the decision to file bankruptcy, I didn't want any debt. I didn't want to pick and choose which debt I was going to keep. I didn't want to get a certain amount of bondage. I wanted to be free completely. And I did not have a need to continue to attach myself to a Lexus that was going to cost me money every month when I had another car that I could drive for free. I had another car that was paid off. I had a Toyota and I had an old BMW. And I know it sounds like it was a great BMW, but no, it was very old. It was very old. I think I bought it for maybe $1,500 or $2,500. That tells you how old it was. So, and I remember in the summertime, I don't even think we had any air conditioning. The windows wouldn't go, like it was a mess. But the truth is, I didn't need anything more than transportation to get me from one place to the next. So because I did not need the uh, image that was associated with driving a Lexus, because I did not need to feel uh, some kind of a way, guess what? I was able to come out of that situation with power. And, and, and I, was, uh, I was blessed, but I worked very hard to rise up quickly and with power. When I made the decision to go into the entertainment business, I went to the number one place. I went to Rush Communications. When I made the decision to help people because I opened a magazine and I saw Susie Orman standing there with Jay-Z and Beyonce and all these entertainers and they were talking to 10,000 African-American and Hispanic people, I thought, now Susie's great. She gets all my love and respect, but that's supposed to be me because I can say stuff to my people that maybe someone of another race cannot. That just is what it is. And in addition to that, I have a different flavor. I have a different style. There's enough out here for all of us. And so because I didn't need anything 
I got everything. You see, material illness is what you have when a material thing's presence gives you pleasure and its absence gives you pain. I enjoy driving the Lexus, but not have it didn't cause me any frustration. I enjoy wearing nice clothes, but not having on the latest designer suit, that doesn't bother me. As a matter of fact, I don't want it on because I'm not putting five, ten thousand dollars on my body for somebody who's not pouring directly back into my community. If I don't own any stock, if it's not a business relationship, then I'm not interested. My mind is in a different place. And I know if I can get there, you can get there, too. So this whole idea of material illness Are you going out spending money, buying clothing? Tell me what is it giving you? Is it giving you a sense of satisfaction? Okay, if it is giving you a sense of satisfaction, where are you not satisfied? Are you lonely? Are you depressed? Did something go uh, terribly wrong in your childhood? Is your marriage falling apart? Is your job uh, not treating you well? There's some place in your life that's lacking where you have decided that you're gonna get fulfillment from this over here. And it's okay to seek, seek fulfillment, but you don't wanna seek fulfillment and be depleted at the same time. It's like a room flooding and you're taking the water from one side of the room and pouring it on the other side of the room. Guess what? It's still flooding. So I'm okay with you going out and looking nice and being clean and dressing comfortably and driving a respectable car. But if you're doing that at the detriment of your own wealth, if you're doing that to the detriment of building your own family legacy, if you're doing that to the detriment of becoming a millionaire one penny at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, one dime at a time, then there's something that needs to be adjusted. And what I'm saying is it's our mindsets. That's right. It's our mindset. So the state of needing nothing means I'm satisfied with what I have. Now, I'm not settling here, but it's not causing me any pain or frustration either. I'm just going to get to the grind. I'm going to put my nose to the table. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to be consistent. And whatever that consistency is, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get my business in order. I'm going to go after my clients. I'm going to put my website together. I'm going to do what I have to do to get where I'm trying to go. I'm not going to the club kicking it. Let me tell you, I was talking to a group of 23-year-olds last night, (laughs) yesterday, and they said they're tired of going to the club. I said, let me tell you something. I stopped going to the club in my early 20s. After college, and I had partied, and I had did all the stepping and all that stuff, at a very early age, I was like, okay, enough of that because I've got something that I want to do with my life and I see it. I can taste it. I can feel it. And it's not at the club. I've got a dream that I know that I can accomplish and it's not at the club. It's not at the bar. It's not out kicking it to two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when I do go out. There were times when I did go out. I'd go out with my husband. I got married at a young age. I'd go out with family and friends from time to time. But it wasn't an everyday thing. Like I said, yes, I party. But it was not an everyday thing. It wasn't an every week thing. On a Saturday night or a Friday night, if there was nothing to do, guess what? I stayed my butt home and and slept or or dreamed, dreamed of what it is that I wanted or watch television or sit quietly in my own thoughts or I would create something. Y'all know I was a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> Back in the day, I had 52,000 jobs and I wasn't good at any of them, but I had to find my place and you've got to find your place. 
And when you find your place, when you find your power, you won't have a need to go out and buy money, buy clothes and spend money on things that you cannot afford. You won't have a need to just go in the mall. Let me tell you something about window shopping. Window shopping is only for windows. Now, if you're shopping for windows, then go window shopping. But if you're window shopping, you are probably shopping for something that you cannot afford because nobody goes window shopping for toothpaste. Nobody goes window shopping for uh, bleach. You know, nobody goes window shopping for soap. Nobody goes window shopping for basic necessities. We're always window shopping for something that we're dreaming of. And what I'm saying to you is I want you to start window shopping for your dreams. I want you to start window shopping for that business plan. I want you to start window shopping for a strategy. I want you to start window shopping for real wealth. I want you to start window shopping for worth. There are so many things that you can get involved in every year. We do the wealth experience. Join us. It's me and MC Light and a whole bunch of great women, some who you know and some who you don't. And everybody's the same. Everybody's great. Join us at the wealth experience at the top of the year. Join us at some of these events. Come to the uh, networking events. Go to the home ownership workshops. Go to the financial conferences. Go to the empowerment retreats. Window shop for that. Spend your money on your mind. If you have nine broke friends, you probably going to be number 10. Do you want to be number 10? I would want to be number 10. And if you have eight wealthy friends, if you have not eight wealthy friends or nine wealthy friends, let me tell you, you will be number 10. Hang around the people who you aspire to become like. If you're the smartest person in your group, you need a new group. I feel the same way about me. A lot of times I'm the smartest person in the room or I have the most experience. And when I have the most experience, I have the most headache. (laughs) When I have the most experience, I have the most frustration. So I want to move to a place where I've got a chief of staff who's much better with communicating with lots of people than I am. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to talk to you <laughs> on the on the radio, on the podcast, on YouTube or an event. But one on one, I have so many things happening, happening massively. So I have to get people who are good at that. I have to get people who are good at technology. I have to get people who are good in the area where they've been gifted. So this spending addiction, everybody's accounting, everybody's depending on you. To succumb to what's called subliminal persuasion. Subliminal persuasion used to be legal. You'd go to the movie and think you were watching E.T. or whatever the movie was. And what would be flashing quicker than your eyes could see, but not too fast for your mind, is eat popcorn and drink pop. So that's what you'd go do. Now it's everywhere. It's in social media. It's popping up on your and your notifications. It's in your feed. It's everything that you see. But let me tell you something about the wealthy people I know and that I'm around. They don't spend money on this stuff. They get it for free. People send it to them for free. They ship it to them for free so they can wear it so you can buy it. So I want you to end your um, fixation with things that you think are going to bring you value. And I want you to tap into your true worth. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable right here on KBLA Talk 1580. And we've got to get this thing right. We've got to do it better. We've got to do it greater. And we've got to move into a new dimension of uh, power when it comes to trying to impress others, when it comes to trying to satisfy the things that will never be satisfied, when it try- when it comes to trying to um, get this money thing straight. So I think that there are lots of things that we can do today 
to end a spending addiction. One of the things that I'm going to ask you to do is to go and look at all of your subscriptions um, and your subscriptions are hiding in deep, dark places. I want you to you know, get this. So in order to end the spending addiction, first of all, we got to go find out all the places where we uh, entertained that spending addiction. And sometimes we entertain a spending addiction while we are shopping online. Sometimes we entertain a spending addiction when we are, um, you know, downloading an app. Sometimes we are entertaining a spending addiction um, at times when we don't even realize what we're doing. And what ends up happening, we start spending money. And some say it's just, but I say if you go add up all your it's just, your wealth is over there in the it's just category. So we've got to do this. So the first place you're gonna look you're going to look at all of the subscriptions and your subscriptions are hiding in many places. Let me tell you where your subscriptions are hiding. Your subscriptions are hiding in PayPal. All right. So there are times when you purchase something and you sign up via PayPal and you don't remember that you signed up for a recurring payment or you don't remember that you signed up for a trial payment. And now this trial payment is taking money out of your account. And because you don't necessarily see it right away, or because it doesn't necessarily give you an indication, um, you forget um, that that's exactly what has happened, all right? So we don't wanna forget that that has happened. We don't wanna forget uh, that uh, we've got money coming out. So I want you to go check your PayPal. Uh, while you were checking your PayPal, I want you to also check your Cash App, your Venmo, and any other apps that you have given authority to take money out of, all right? The next place I want you to check is I want you to check your i whatever you have, your iPhone, your iPad, your MacBook, because you downloaded an app and you downloaded an app uh, perhaps for some kind of techno technological purpose. You downloaded an app to play a game that you saw on social media. And now that app is taking money out of your Apple Pay or your uh, however, you are paying uh, for all of your Apple products and it's probably coming out on your phone and you don't realize it. It's coming out of your um, account that you use uh, for your iPhone, your iPad and all those other i things. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of subscriptions there. I remember going through all of my subscriptions that were coming, uh, you know, being charged on my iPhone. And it was stuff that I did not even remember I ever had. So the spending addiction is lurking everywhere. The spending addiction is um, in places that you'll never, ever suspect. The spending addiction is all over the place and it starts with stopping the stuff that we already started. Remember, it takes a lot of undoing to undo the doing that we have done. All right. So I want you to go look in PayPal, all of your apps that are taking money out. I want you to go look in your eye, everything. Um, the next place I want you to go look is just go look in your bank account for the past 90 days. Take a look at the recurring charges that have been coming out for the past 90 days. That's a place where a spending addiction gets to live and fester and grow. All right. Um, sometimes those subscriptions, they increase over time. You may have signed up for $29.99 this year, but next year it goes up to $49.99. And you don't know any different because you're just accustomed to it coming out or you don't remember that it was coming out. All right. So I want you to go there. I want you to look at those places. I also want you to uh, take a look at your credit card statement. So you're looking at your bank accounts. Now you're going to look at your credit card statements. It might be a credit card that you rarely ever use. It might be a credit card uh, that you, um, you know, forgot that you're using, but it, you're paying for it every month. So here's a trick. 
You've got a credit card that you really don't look at. It's got recurring subscriptions coming out that are adding to your spending addiction. And you don't look at the credit card bill because it comes electronically and the credit card is automatically paid out of your checking account. Now, are you starting to see how this thing is is doubling over and tipping over and you've got money that's out there that's contributing to to a spending addiction? that you actually have the power to control. All right. So I want you to get a hold of that. I want you to take this power. I want you to, uh, uh, the harvest is here and the time is now, but if you're going to operate, you got to end the spending addiction. I'm financial expert, Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America giving financial advice. When you get my freedom package, you get the 21 days to financial freedom and how to start a home-based business. See you in class. So the thing that I'm going to ask you to do right now is I want you to think about your vision of perfection. You see, in order to end the spending addiction, in order to not be in the system, because I need you to understand, in order for there to be rich people, there have to be poor people. There have to be poor people. They give out an economic stimulus check every few years when the economy economy is not moving or when people aren't spending money. That's not to stimulate your economy. That's to stimulate the business economy. So they'll give you a couple thousand dollars and then they'll tell you to go to the department store so you can cash it in and you can get 20% off, 10% off. That's a temporary uh, euphoria. That's a temporary sense of satisfaction, a temporary sense of relief. You're getting the fish, but you're not learning how to fish. And in order to get to the next level, I want you to have a vision for what it is that you really want. Because when you spend money on things that you cannot afford, In lieu of building wealth, in lieu of saving, I'm not saying that you should never spend money on expensive things. You may choose to do that. I do that. Some of my pieces of jewelry, um, some of my handbags, they are things that I have made a choice to purchase. They are things that I have chosen to invest in for whatever reason. And you know, ladies, I tell you about the universal purse test. If the purse costs more than the amount of money you can keep in it on a regular basis, leave it on the rack. So if you have a $500 purse, but you cannot put $500 in it on a give it on a regular basis, that's not the purse that you get. You go and get the $30 purse (laughs) if that's what you can afford. So if I'm carrying a bag, understand that I can put that amount of money in there on any given day at any given time. I have access to that amount of money. Now, just because I have access to it doesn't mean I should spend it every day on a, on a, on a expensive handbag or an expensive car or an expensive piece of jewelry. Things happen in moderation. Yes, you deserve to enjoy yourself in this life, but do so with a plan. Do so with a vision in mind. So if you want to look good, then what I also want you to understand is what do you really want? What is your vision of perfection? I have a process that everybody can go through. If you're listening to this, you can call my office right now at 888-LYNN123, or you can go to my website at lynnmillionaire.com, click get help and go through the process so you can have a consultation with me. And I will put you through the process where you can create your financial vision of perfection. What does your financial life look like? Can you envision it? If you can envision it, and then if you can make a plan to get there, then it's going to probably halt you from making the the decisions that are going to stop you from getting there. It's real simple. I want a happy marriage. So guess what? I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to, you know, hide things from my husband. I'm not going to go out and have questionable activities. I'm not going to do anything because I want a happy marriage. I want a happy home. I want healthy, whole and happy children. 
So guess what? I'm not going to run around the world uh, spending money and going on fancy trips and just doing things that I want to do that I should be able to do for myself. I'm going to sacrifice. My children are going to see a mother who works hard, one who comes home every night <laughs> unless she's traveling. But if she is traveling, she's doing what she said she's going to do. And nobody has to guess, well, where is she? We haven't heard from her. What is she doing? They're going to see me bringing money back into the household. They're going to see me investing in their dreams. They're going to see me holding them accountable. And it's the same thing in the vision for the business. If I want a great business, I'm going to show up in it. I'm going to do my best to be excellent in it. I'm going to teach other people to do the same. You know what? The harvest is here and the time is now. And this is our season. And if we're going to capitalize off of this season today, yes, we're going to have to end the spending addiction. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. So what's the action of the day? What is the word of the hour? I'm going to put them in the same category. I've said this before, but the Bible says he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He who is unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. Who can be trusted with true riches if he cannot handle unrighteous money? That's essentially what it says. So while we are embarking upon this next level, while we are embarking upon embarking upon new things, new dimensions, new ideas, new hopes, new dreams. Ending a spending addiction starts with being faithful with the little things. It starts with being faithful with the little things. You know, again, I often say, is the devil your accountant, right? Uh, because when you go to the store to go buy something uh, that you don't need, the enemy says, you know, you deserve that, even though you don't have the money. But when you get to the, the, to the pew at church or wherever it is that you're supposed to go and tithe and give. And so we start thinking about all the bills that we have. Well, I can't give this because I got to do that. So what's the action of the day? What is the word of the hour? I'm going to put them in the same category. I've said this before, but the Bible says he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He who is unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. Who can be trusted with true riches if he cannot handle unrighteous money? That's essentially what it says. So while we are embarking upon this next level, while we are embarking upon embarking upon new things, new dimensions, new ideas, new hopes, new dreams, ending a spending addiction starts with being faithful with the little things. It starts with being faithful with the little things. You know, again, I often say, if, is the devil your accountant, right? Uh, because when you go to the store to go buy something uh, that you don't need, the enemy says, you know, you deserve that, even though you don't have the money. But when you get to the, the, to the pew at church or wherever it is that you're supposed to go and tithe and give. And so we start thinking about all the bills that we have. Well, I can't give this because I got to do that. Well, I can't tithe because I have to do that. Well, I can't commit to this because I got to do that. So we want to make sure that we are lining up and that we are being faithful with the little things. We want to be faithful with the little things so we can be blessed with the big things. Remember, what you do with $1 is what you will do with 10 of them, 100 of them, 1,000 of them, 100,000 of them. What's the action of the day? What is the word of the hour? I'm going to put them in the same category. I've said this before, but the Bible says, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He who is unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. Who can be trusted with true riches if he cannot handle unrighteous money? That's essentially what it says. So while we are embarking upon this next level, while we are embarking upon embarking upon new things, new dimensions, new ideas, new hopes, new dreams, ending a spending addiction starts with being faithful with the little things.